Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down-to-earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. And this is Abe Thompson with the New Cyber Frontier. Our guest today is Amber Schroeder, if I pronounce that right. She's the president and CEO at Paraben Corporation. Uh, she's been doing that for quite a while and so has quite a story for us. Uh, welcome to the program, Amber. Thanks so much. Excited to be here. Awesome. Well, great to have you. Uh, what have you been doing with yourself uh, uh, from home? <laughs> <laughs> Still working away, you know, oddly with uh, no travel because normally I'm on the road quite a bit, sure. um, out doing lectures, that kind of thing. I am insanely productive. Isn't that scary? Like, yeah, it is. I'm like pounding out content, like your blog's up to date. You're like, could happen. We're getting work done. It's it's tragic, you know? <laughs> you mean we can survive without having a completely packed schedule and soccer games and sports events and yada, yada, yada? Exactly. <laughs> it makes it easy because I currently do not sport. I Star Trek. I don't sport. Mm, so yes, Star Trek. It easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how did you? How did you? You know, because you know, you've been you've been running your own company there for for a good good amount of time. But how did you kind of get into that? How did you get into this industry? What's your story? So I have a bizarre story. I started in this field in forensics when mm -hmm. I was fourteen. Mm -hmm. So um, I was that American dream where I worked my way up in the company. So yes. I started like duplicating floppy disks back when there were floppy disks. Yes, I showed somebody a picture of one the other day, one of my colleagues, and she had mm -hmm. no idea what it was. <laughs> wow. Then you have a seriously mo serious moment. My kids think it's just the save icon. And I'm, <laughs> so <Yeah>. much more. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So I started duplicating those and I worked my way up until I was the VP of sales there mm -hmm. at that company. Mm -hmm. um, and I got to kind of architect one of their tools in that time period as well because I did all the like groundwork. And I think I was like 21 sure. <laughs> by that time. I'm still, still fairly young. And uh, by my mid-20s, they actually let me go. Uh, they said that, you know, they weren't gargantuan fan of, um, honestly, a female at work. And the customers didn't like dealing with me. So I decided to start my own company um, and became a competitor and have enjoyed doing it for the last 20 years. So... That means people are doing math now and they can figure out how old I am. Yeah, we'll just, but, we'll just, <laughs> yeah, we'll just pass right through that. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But um, I love technology. I love forensics in general. I grew up always wanting to be Wonder Woman when they asked you that in elementary school. Sure. 
And I was like, how can I fight for justice, you know, and still wear really cool clothes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ended up in digital forensics where I wear a T-shirt and jeans most yes. of the time. But I have really good shoes. I have great I'm a big tennis shoe fans. So I have well, lots of yeah, shoes. my my wife and daughter would probably get into a conversation with you about that. And my wife has already claimed <laughs> the title of Wonder Woman. So I'm sure there's a great uh, cyber woman, you know, uh, moniker you, you can have. <laughs> I, I claimed Ginger Wonder Mom as my Twitter handle. <laughs> nice. Uh, there are not many gingers as well so yeah, i have to i have to own what i am i'm married so. into the ginger ginger family ah, uh, nice so yes indeed uh, so yeah i mean what kind of planet are people from to, to say stuff about that especially in our workforce we need all of us you know Oh, I completely agree. I actually really try to push out there. Um, I, I agree everyone should join, but I try to get out there to the young girls and yeah. really tell them that uh, cyber in general is a great space for them. Of course. Their ability to be more detail-oriented, all those things yeah. that many people get annoyed about women, it makes you a fantastic investigator. And an, an analyst, too. I yeah. mean, you know, mm -hmm. some people would poo-poo the discussion of, you know, the distinctions and the strengths that we have as men and women. Yeah, but I mean, women are phenomenally able to maintain multiple lines of reasoning at once, you know, and that's that's actually a gifting, you know, like multitasking. They joke about. But... I was like, you almost alluded to convincing me that we could multitask because yeah. my husband has told me it's not possible. <laughs> and well, I said, oh, no. Yeah. But and then, you know, flip side is we guys are one channel. Right. You know. Oh, you see. And I just say I thread. So I run a, a multi-threaded system. There you and go. Yeah, I like that. It's it's different. He, he had no dispute for that. He's like, I don't I don't have any no argument that can do that. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. So, um... You know, it, it, we we have so many people who want to draw into this industry. So I'm glad that you you pushed that aside and have have had such tremendous success and didn't take no for an answer for sure. Um, so tell me a little bit more about what Paraben does and and, and how you have shaped that uh, that organization. So Paraben is really a digital investigations mm -hmm. uh, technology company. At the end of the day, uh, I've always loved technology as well. It's that nerd. I'm a <laughs> I, I tried and true nerd so Excellent. you know my dog's name is Khan. that just tells you that <laughs> that's when you're a dedicated nerd excellent so um do you scream his name looking up at the sky oh, sometimes yes Khan! absolutely the full pose because <laughs> nice. that's appropriate no one is allowed to call him out like that unless they have watched the movie because perfect be totally inappropriate what do you think of the reversal that the the new trek did on that scene um, I actually liked it, but I like Benedict Cumberbatch yeah, as well. Yeah. So let's let's be serious. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him and Sherlock. I'm a cryptologist, so I of course. Oh well, then you him. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh yeah, but um, in being a technology company, it's really I think the way that you can kind of 
forge true innovation is kind of giving people the tools. You yeah. know, it's that old school, you know, you invent the wheel and all of a sudden look at what innovation happens after that. So yeah. my goal is to give people like the most amazing screwdriver at Doctor Who level nice. screwdriver that they can go and attack cyber with, do investigations with. And really think out of the box to areas that maybe people are not looking at as often. Sure. And uh, because there's so many good nuggets out there, there's definitely not a lacking of cyber details. How do you package uh, digital forensics for, for the different audiences and the you know, different size organizations and clients? So I try to make it um, as an attainable platform. Hmm. So okay. whenever I look at anything digital, um, I am, I am also, I'm dyslexic, so it makes sense I do digital forensics because it does everything backwards. <laughs> but um, in doing so, I really thought that the way that you approach any digital data is trying to do it in a single platform so you can ask the same questions to every type of data. Because at the end of the day, it's those answers that then take you to that next step. But why would I pop around to all these different things? So no matter what the size of the organization we've We've tried to be very reasonable in our costing to licensing options and give them one platform to shove it all in. They learn one interface and then they can meld and use their own minds after that. I don't believe that machines are going to replace our persons as uh, the really thinkers through the data. Sure. I still think that's necessary. I know that's a big thing right now, but I really think people will never be replaced in that aspect. I am 100% in that camp. Um, and, and certainly, you know, even to the practical empirical discussion, you know, are you willing to leave 20 to 40% of that which is not picked up by a machine learning to chance? You know, yeah. not to mention that over and over, um, you know, and I probably joined this chorus, I've heard people say, cybersecurity is a human problem, and it is. It is very much. And I think it has a human solution at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Again, my job is to make a tool that a human is going to operate. Yeah, Are there enhancements you're going to do with machines? Sure. But yeah. it still needs that human. It needs that analytic brain to go into it. And I don't think that's something that you can always teach either. I think some people are really just born yeah. for this space. Yeah. I know that sounds silly. <laughs> sure. Well, and, and that's, it's true. And it has to be discovered because, you know, imagine those kiddos out there that don't quite know, you know, and like, you know, you're going back to the, the women in cyber issue. So many young girls want nothing to do with cyber because all, all they can think about is a bunch of gross boys that are, you know, yeah. using their computers. But, you know, because I deal with that with my own daughter, trying to get her excited about my industry. I'm like, come on, there's Ambers out there. There's, you know, yeah, uh, there's, I think of Kathy Bow. There's you know? Jessica's and yeah. all these. Yeah, there's these amazing women, you know. Um, so and I try to get out and, and work in the community. But there are some great programs out there that are really inspiring the people who do think differently to participate. Sure. So just like me with a uh, learning disability, I know many others out there have this. Mm -hmm. You'll find that all of a sudden you can be successful at something where every other door was kind of closing to you. I am not awesome when it comes to like counting out change to use it as an <laughs> example because my brain just doesn't process it the same way. Sure. I am horrible writing on a whiteboard because it all comes out and this, it totally made sense to me, but for you, it looks like ciphertext. You're <laughs> like, what happened to her? You know, these are things that you go, but when I put that same energy into, you know, how did they get into the network? 
where are the little nuggets they left behind? What is that going to tell me the end user was about? All of a sudden it just clicks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where people have to realize that no matter what, there is that zone for them in cyber because cyber is so encompassing. Yeah. Well, when you when you uh, kind of talk about digital forensics, what are some of the great wins that you've been personally uh, uh, eyewitness to in, in digital forensics over the last several years? So um, there have been some wins and some losses. Sure. Um, sure. A lot of the wins come from, sadly, uh, in digital forensics, you are seeing the worst side of humanity. Yeah. I can say it's uh, not that, but it really is. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of seeing their deep, dark secrets because they didn't think you could see them in the first place. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, so as you kind of go through those horrible dust bunnies and things, you see the shooters at a couple of those. I'm not going to name specific ones, yeah. but some of the teen shooters at schools. Yeah. Their phone was their life, and it really represents, you know, the best opportunity for the investigators to kind of get into their mindset. Yeah. And if you think of everyone, I'm sure your phone's near you, mine's near me. It's that's their first opportunity to kind of feel what their virtual brain looks like in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's their outcries, their their methods, their premeditation, whatever it may be that's coming out in those digital devices now. And you see it even more, I think, right now with um, a lot of people in quarantine. The amount of digital evidence being generated right now oh, is yeah. It's very scary. Yeah, we just got to find more forensic analysis folks to, to process it, for sure. Yeah, you know, you know to, to bad things that have happened. You yeah. know, we had the San Bernardino shooting that really changed the digital forensic landscape forever because corporations decided to stand against the investigator and that's created a lot of problems yeah. uh, that have gone for years now we still deal with those um every time there's a new update we have to deal with those changes that mm -hmm. happen in our investigation right right and the pathway that you might have normally had to conduct it Yep, uh, is not available to law enforcement. It's not geez. available to corporate. Yeah. And it even prohibits us in the technology space yeah. from moving forward. Sure. Um, now, <clears throat> not to put you on the spot, just a, a question. In the digital forensics realm, have you yet to come across steganography and kind of what people are doing there? Um, you don't see it often. Sure. I know it sounds sure. really funny. Yeah. But Last year, we actually had a speaker coming out to our annual conference that Paraben puts on out in Park City, and he was doing um, a case study, and it was out of California, and it was actually the real use of steganography. Wow. Which you don't hear a whole lot of. I know your cryptography background, <laughs> you know, they're kind of cousins. Yeah, yeah. So um, well, it was I just interesting know... that he Yeah, go that. ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no worries. It was that he had a case within the last year. So that was in 2018 that he had a live case that they were doing all the traditional data hiding techniques yeah. and putting that extra effort into it. The hardest part is we never know if someone uses steganography because very few people look for it. Sure. Yeah. That's that kind of the whole point, because I know some of them you talk about the, the bottom edge of the bottom edge of humanity the most disgusting and deviant individuals on the uh, trafficking side I know yeah. have, have used those those methods. And so I just wondered if there's been greater successes and and uh, kind of what you've seen against that particular segment, because that usually fires up a lot of folks to, to want to get into our industry. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. yeah. And I think people are just not looking for it. So that's why mm -hmm. there's so few statistics on it. It's the same. Um, you don't really notice encryption until it's the files you want to get into. Right. And then right. all yeah, of a sudden yeah. you're like, Darn. okay, now this is really important to There me. it is. Sure. So, 
So um, you talk about the 360 digital approach. What mm -hmm. is that in a, in a, in a nutshell? So taking a 360 digital approach is taking every person that is involved in the process from the person that's first on the scene. And this is both law enforcement and corporate because someone has the first interaction with the evidence to the examiners that are actually working through the data to find the needle in that haystack to the courts or the attorneys that are involved in it all the way through to the judge and um, some of that even regulation side of it. Sure. All of those pieces coming together are really what make an impact because in digital forensics, if it goes to court and it becomes uh, case law, we all have to shift. Sure. And it's why there's such a big burden of proof on the digital forensic examiner is your choices you're going to make can change things for an entire industry. That's a big impact wow. because we don't normally get that in cyber. You know, I could do whatever I wanted on this, that, or the other, but I'm not necessarily going to impact the whole space where in forensics, you could actually impact it by having bad case law go into effect or having really good case law go into effect. And it's going to change all the cases from that point forward. Sure. different kind of precedent. Now, how did you um, sort of make more robust your legal understanding, you know, so that you could impact, because you speak, excuse me, you speak now with such fluidity. How did you get to that level of, of, of comfort speaking on the, on the case law and the legal, legal side of things? So um, I set my introvert self aside. <laughs> I, I pulled out another side of me and I really got to talk to people and really learn some of the neighboring spaces. So digital forensics, one of our cousins is of course e-discovery. Many times you see the two teams working together. Um, so having a general legal understanding is super huge um, because no matter what you're doing, you're working one side of a case. Sure. Um, and civil, criminal, whatever side you're working, um, you have to know at least the basics. I did a lot of self-study when I chose to stay in this space yeah. And find that passion that said I could, it sounds really campy, where it was, you know, I felt I could make a difference. I was very serious about the Wonder Woman thing. I could probably duke it out with your wife. Sure. I don't want yeah. to much you better. You probably went on the cyber side, but, you know. Collaborative. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you guys could be like a, a joint consortium of Wonder Women. There you go. See, I think um, there's a whole group of us out there. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. My kryptonite is her ability to speak truth directly yeah, into my situations yeah <laughs> i am a believer in candor as well yeah, so yeah. i think that's probably one of those characteristics you know i would never apologize though for using the word passion especially in this industry because uh, you will not as you know succeed or endeavor to grow in cybersecurity unless you have it because there are times of monotony and mm -hmm. tedium yes um, very much so. You know, There's nothing like sitting and waiting for a machine. Right, <laughs> right. And so, you know, in spite of the high, the gems and all the, the exciting and fun things, there is a lot of hard work 
and, and you know, um, I, I hate to call it monotony because it's necessary work, but there are a lot of, so, so passions never sounds, you know, campy or whatever to me for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think when you, it's always one of those that despite how difficult your job may be and the worst sides you might see, um, of people, et cetera, there is nothing greater than knowing that in the field of cyber, you make a difference every day. Sure. might not be something that's apparent to everyone on the planet, but you know, at the end of the day, you shut your machine down or you shut your monitor down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know yeah. that you made a difference. You made an impact. And I think that's huge. And speaking of impact too, you've not certainly not just been limited to sort of the, the business realm, but you've developed curriculum and, and, and really mm-hmm. impacted education. That's what I'm coming out of is cyber education. Uh, Cybersecurity Academy. Um, Tell us a little bit about some of the the work you've done in the curriculum and and instructional space. So I probably love, um, as much of an introvert as I am, I absolutely love teaching. I Mm, love getting out mm. there and sharing that passion with others because I think the fact that I I speak uh, plainly and trying to make it easy for anyone to understand is important because sure. I think a lot of people will make it sound complicated just because they want to. And sound erudite. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lovely. it does Lovely. not need to be. It can mm-hmm. be pretty simple. So um, one of the big impacts is back in 2001, um, we designed the first tool for uh, mobile forensics back when they were PDAs. So oh, yeah. <laughs> they still counted as mobiles. <laughs> and um in that process of design, there were a couple things in the process that said, okay, nobody's seizing these. And the educational side is I really had to step back and say, if we want to make the best case law, what are going to be the rules for seizure? What are going to be the best practices that we do for this type of evidence? Because back then, if you did not keep a Palm PDA um, charged, you had potential of losing all the data off yeah. of it. It was very high maintenance. Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah. So people don't realize how grateful they should be for these lithium batteries that are keeping their phones going forever. Um, but these little steps that you had to do that from the very beginning, I said, you know, the education and the process that makes for digital forensics a science is one of the things we have to do first before we design that amazing screwdriver. And so I've always been a big proponent of putting that out there. So I think I taught my first class back then. Some of the people I've known in this space for the last 20 years, they were students in my first class, and now they're mm. off making different tools and different things like that. So it's, it's you see the problem and you solve it. Sure. Uh, and I've now switched it up to, because it's an exciting topic, last uh, summer I was able to participate in the Cyber Her program at, uh, in South Dakota, South Dakota, University of South mm-hmm. Dakota. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went out and taught a hundred and, uh, I think it was 150, uh, teenage girls, which was fantastic. It was my favorite thing I did all year round because, um, we went through and I taught them about what sexting was, mm, good. um, how people are communicating it. And we yeah. did an investigation together as a group. Awesome. And it was great because they all had that moment as I I had made this lab example and everything. And they said, I would never do this. And I said, that's exactly what I want to hear you say. And they said, especially understanding all the people out there and how horrible this is. And they're looking at it. And that, that two hours of education and teaching them has now made it so they're going to go talk to their friends and everything else. And I'm like, 
that's the impact. That's, that's the impact. educational yeah. impact that I think a lot of people are missing. You can stop the crimes or the exploitation before it even happens yeah. just by educating them. And they're they're getting a skill set too. Yes. So they're getting the value lesson, the the moral lesson, and the skill set, which is which is terrific. And they're in an environment with a bunch of other girls where they build affinity. And yeah. it isn't just a bunch of us gross boys, right? <laughs> well, and they learn to support one another. Yeah, uh, yeah. A shout out to us ladies. Our hardest part is networking to one another. Mm. Um, I don't know why. We mm. just, we're horrible at networking with each other. <laughs> um, it might just be me, but in general, you can go to a conference and it's like nobody sits by you and all these things. And you're like, why aren't we more of a champion for one another? Sure, sure. And it would yeah. be nice. And I say that to the men too. Why aren't you more of a champion for each other sure. and for the women around you? <laughs> yeah, and you know, and you see those that are the wizards, the Gandalfs that do go and they yeah. build into and they pour in. Like I love watching people at symposiums, cyber symposiums, you know, a bunch of introverts. But uh, then you see these folks that are actually making connections and, you know, engaging folks and drawing them out of themselves. Um, that's one of the reasons why I loved being in the cyber education space, but also in the, in the building of our classes and bringing in students, we would host community events. And what I loved is that in some cases, our Capture the Flag event, our virtual hackathon, mm -hmm. was the only social event uh, and the only community that some of these folks had. And so for me, I was over the moon being able to provide not just the cyber uh, affinity and the, 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 the data, but this, you know, relationship opportunity for these folks and it impacting their lives in a different way. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And I think it's it's kind of our obligation in cyber to mm. reach out a little bit with our nerdom mm -hmm. and share it with others. I would love to see more people reach out to their chamber of commerce and yeah. just offer to give the local businesses a, a run through of what sure. a phishing attack is, because I have to tell you, they have no idea most of the time. Well, we are so spoiled in Colorado Springs in the best of ways. Not only is it the National Cybersecurity Center here, but we also have on our chamber, there is a director for cybersecurity and his whole oh. focus is exactly what you've talked about. I love him, he's a retired That's Air Force awesome. guy. And, and so, you know, I'm kind of proud of that fact for Colorado Springs that we're, we're leading that way and putting emphasis there, building community. And they, they host this thing called Cyber First Fridays. And you walk into that room and there's 150 people in there buzzing, passing resumes, business cards, talking, engaging, networking, building community. Uh, and there's nothing like it. Uh, and I so, think that's fantastic. And yeah. I hope more more people decide to volunteer for their chambers or yeah. they listen to it because it makes a big impact. Sure, sure. You know, especially yeah. now, I think we're at a, a unique space on the planet where every size of business is kind of in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, there's, we've <laughs> um, been thrown into affinity for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, and we have to make adjustments to that to truly find other ways to support one another. Yeah. And um, it is, it's an altogether thing. And our knowledge that you might think is like very, like, of course, everyone knows what phishing attack is. It's like, you'd be surprised, but they really don't. Sure. Um, I was, I had a great opportunity to talk with another guest about emphasis on cyber for seniors and, mm, and yeah. you know, reaching them, you know, you've talked about reaching these young ladies, you know, and, and reaching both ends of the spectrum certainly is another, another target. And, um, I like to use the word evangelist in, in this space, cause that's exactly what you're doing. You're out there with zeal, uh, bringing people into, into cybersecurity community and for a reason, you know, like, you know, protecting young ladies and, and some of those other things, but, um, yeah, yeah I greatly appreciate that. Um, what's the, what's the next big thing that you're, 
either nervous or excited about in cybersecurity? Hmm. Oh, that's always such a tough one. You know, I, I constantly sit with a pit of nerves in my stomach over the world of um, mobility and IoT. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's, it, was my first, it was my first area as far as that I put out technology for. Um, and then it's also probably the biggest dragon out there because it is just growing so exponentially large. Yeah. You know, I got super excited about IoT. Um, if we say her name too loud, she'll hear us in the room, that <laughs> kind of thing. Because um, I, I live a test world, a testing environment to make sure that I'm getting legitimate data. Yeah. But I know that if we don't find a way to cope with how many things are getting connected as we roll out 5G and the way we connect changes, um, we're looking at a world of hurt. Sure. Well, and of course, I'm looking with such great anticipation at the convenience that 5G will mm. provide. I mean, I'm, you know, I keep begging that big company that starts with a V and rhymes with Nervizen. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I want them to get it to my little town here. Um, and, you know, it's that that battle with convenience. And that's what, how we got here in the first oh, place. Um, yeah, although I have no need to have a digitized toaster, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. That could be the perfect toast. Mm, okay. Well, if you, you want to you surrender, surrender more of your data through the toaster, fine. If you want and that that's it, And that's what the interesting <laughs> thing is. Yeah. Um, I've been, I'm putting out a white paper with a friend of mine who uh, works in OSINT because mm, it's yeah. all about mm-hmm. our, our open source Intel. Yeah. Yeah. Our intelligence information about us. And it's one of those that you really have to decide what your persona is. I've actually adopted different personas based on what type of technology I'm interacting with as a form of obfuscation, if you want to think of it that way. So, yeah, my toaster knows exactly how I want my toast. (laughs) You know, Um, the the voice that sits in the in my office knows exactly what things I do. But I'm very careful to make sure that I'm kind of creating little compartments or personas with it because that's part of the protection mechanism that I'm building in place because the manufacturers don't build it. Sure. They don't, they want to be convenient. They want to, it is that convenience level that says, you know, my, my grandmother who's 92, uh, she's, she's blind Hmm. and I got her in Alexa because what a great way for her to be able to ask it to read to her. Yeah. And it was her problem was she kept saying please and thank you too much and they the AI got confused. But <laughs> <laughs> but beyond that, it was you know giving her that convenience. Yeah. Was I worried about her personal data? I wasn't because I knew what she was going to use it right, for. Right, right. And that's but the flip side too is the teaching the you know with great convenience comes great discipline you know or responsibility yes. right so mm-hmm. so i think that's that's uh, yeah we don't have to run and hide either from from all this great stuff for no, sure no i will be the first person that wants a self driving car on my block i'm going to tell you that cuz i hate driving long distance i'm not good at it Wouldn't that be and neat? if i can do that instead of fly i will do that every time i hate flying but that's just yeah cuz <laughs> i do you know how much better my knee, knees feel because I'm not trying to fly right now and yeah. fit into seats that yeah, yeah. all people are not meant to sit in? Where my nostrils touch the seat in front of me. Yes, I love that. Yes, yes. So I'll, I'll go in a car where it drives me. Absolutely. Sure. Well, Amber, it has been a delight to have you on the program. You have uh, just a, a, a rock solid background and, a, and a, I think just a tremendous attitude and vision for for uh, this part of our industry. And, uh, you know, I'm really grateful for your time. 
No, it was great. I'm so glad I was able to join you. That is wonderful. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Abe Thompson on the new Cyber Frontier. Our guest has been Amber Schroeder, CEO of Paraben. Uh, and also just, uh, might I add, a cybersecurity evangelist for sure. Uh, signing off. Thank you for listening to New Cyber Frontier. Remember to follow or like our post and circulate each new show to your networks. We keep you informed, bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With New Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert, just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.